Hey everybody, welcome to Unscripted, where we're all about inspiring better conversations and helping people think more deeply and critically about faith, life, and leadership. And we're back, like back after a little hiatus. Season two. Season two, yes. Season two. Season two. Oh, I'm excited, Sam. I'm excited too. I got notes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see this is different than normal. I know, tell them. them. Season two is going to be a little different. Um, So we've got like eight, nine episodes in store for you for season two. And this is the first time we're doing it. Uh, this is the very first episode, so I'm really excited about it. And uh, what's cool about this is, is we've kind of named a few different segments. And the segment that we're going to be sitting down with you, Mike, is is one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. You know one how, like, thing. in Midwestern, this, I've, I've learned this because I've been following some fun Midwestern accounts on social media uh-huh. that, like, make fun of Midwestern things. Okay. You know how they, like, slap their names, like... Welp, like that's a yep. sign that you're Welp. like ready to go. Welp. And then like you yeah. stay for like another hour because there's yeah. always like one more thing. One more thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of what this is, right? There's yep. a chance for you to give me like one more thing, like the last little things you want to squeeze in and talk Sweet. about. Sweet, I'm super excited because when you came up with the season two idea, I don't know, like a month ago, yeah. you mentioned this one more thing and then said I would get to choose my thing yes. e- each week. Yes, Whatever I got some want. things. I got a whole list. I'm really I got notes for right. today. You didn't have notes. You've never had got, notes. Well, because I never knew what we are talking about. Like, what are you going to make? what I have notes about but now I get to choose what I'm talking about yeah and I have no idea I know (laughs) so I wrote some stuff down I'm gonna grill you with it I can't unscripted like I like it but we're flipping it so this is great go for it who's ready to go (laughs) I'm ready to go do your thing okay great one more thing Sam unscripted here we go Sunday, you were yes. speaking. Sunday, and then, I'm not sure when this is going to come out exactly, but Sunday. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. So that's okay. Sunday last week was August 30th or 29th, was it? Or, yeah, something like that. Yeah, you were teaching. Yeah, and and I was sitting there listening. And first of all, thank you. I really enjoyed the sermon. Thanks. Um, but I got to ask you something. Sure. Uh, when the music began. Yeah. Um, the band played a really nice song, and I think right away after the first song, Sean, is that right? After the first song, did you play a little jump thing after that? Is that when Jump was? Okay. So the, the band played a song, and they played a little bit yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of the Van Halen song Jump, like 10 seconds, just yeah. the musical part of yeah. it. And then Sean stopped and said, does, does anyone know what that song is? So, yeah. you know, something like that's what happened. And, and I, I think you probably saw it. I'm not positive, but in the first service, there was, a, I think, someone who was a first-time visitor. They were sitting towards the back, and I was in the very back row. Yeah. And they're, they're all standing for the music. The, the crowd is like, yay, this is great. What, oh, worse is going to be amazing today. And then we did a jump thing, and everyone's like a little like, oh, what, what's that? And Sean was explaining it. And it looked to me like someone got really frustrated and walked out. Yeah, I think it was actually just before he talked about things. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he even listened to Sean's explanation. He yeah. heard he yep. heard, he heard the 10 seconds of the music a jump. Yeah. And my guess, I mean... Maybe he had diarrhea. I don't know. But the way the way he either had, he didn't look happy, so he either had diarrhea or he didn't like the song. Yeah. Okay? And I'm, I'm going to guess song because he had that kind of church frowny look that some nice people have with me. And he kind of frowned and left. I don't know this person, and I'm not judging this person. It's their business what kind of music they like or not. I was sad, though, when I saw him leave. Did you see him leave? I did. How did you feel about it? I have mixed emotions about that. So, so I... I don't ever want to assume like, I'm like, Oh, maybe like he got a phone call and he like had to raise been, out or something been. like that. But, but it does make you think like if they left for the reason that they didn't like that kind of a song in church, like that was the, that was the thing I thought, like right. maybe he's leaving because of yeah. that's maybe he doesn't think that that song is appropriate for in a church building. Right. I thought to myself, Oh man, bummer for him. Cause I know what's coming and I know. I know how good it is. And then also like, 
he's probably not a good fit for here anyways. That was my other thought. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it was tough because if it would have been someone I knew a little, yeah. I would have made sure they were okay. Like, I was in the last row. A lot of times when people leave, I try to hold the door for them or something. Because a lot of times, like a little child would be crying or something. And I just yeah. I just try to smile at the mom or dad who's taking them out to make them feel like it's okay. Like, it's yeah. not that big a deal. Your baby cry. Don't yeah. be so embarrassed. They're taking them downstairs to take care of them. That's, that's all beautiful parenting. I never want someone to feel bad about that. So I try to always, like, smile through that. Yeah. And when this person left, I tried to smile, but they wouldn't even make eye contact. Um, and they were brand new. So my, my assumption was maybe wrong. Maybe they left for a different reason, but it was right during the Van Halen thing. And I just thought, this is horrible because I, I knew it's what Sean was about to talk about, this concert that's coming up on the 17th and the purpose for it and why we're doing it and how important it is for our community. And they missed that whole explanation. Yeah. And then they missed the whole point of your sermon. Yeah. Because I would guess if someone said, oh, no, they play jump music, Van Halen at that church, it must be this sketchy church and whatever. And then you got up and went hardcore Bible. You even said something like, hey, we don't shy away from anything here. We talk about the whole Bible, how we feel about it, what we think about it. We have room for each other's opinions. That's the kind of place this is. We don't shy away from any topics. I'm like, that's exactly what a church should be. Any church in any style, you should never be afraid to look at God's truth and try to figure it out together. Yeah. So I was just wishing like he would have at least heard that before he left. I know. And then maybe stayed, right? Yeah. I don't know. It does give me those feelings. Like when that happens, I, I feel like, oh, but, but I, I, we never have the chance to like interact and talk or like right. you, didn't get, you didn't hear me out. Or, yeah, exactly. Hear, hear yeah. Let's have a conversation. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and the thought that came to mind, what I've written down is there, there's this, this phrase that everybody knows um, separation of church and state. Yeah. Like that's just a thing in our world, our yeah. society. We know about separation of church and state and church to be different from political things and all yeah. that stuff for schools. And that, that's all fine and good. There's just nothing wrong with it. But I think sadly what it's become for so many people, even Christian people, people that love Jesus and are trying to follow Jesus is not separation of church and state, separation of church and life. Huh. There's a Sunday morning life and a way to think and a way to behave and a way to kind of put on this false front and then there's the rest of your week. Yeah, yeah. And, and I hate that as much as I hate people leaving for uh, 10 seconds of a Van Halen song. Well, that's an interesting question. So let me just ask you really quick. Um, are you more frustrated when somebody maybe doesn't like a particular style of music and walks out or more frustrated when somebody stays for the whole service and then actually doesn't live it? Oh, boy. Why did I, this is supposed to be unscripted me asking you stuff, okay? Good grief. Um, I can't help myself. I'm I don't sorry. know. It's, it's sad for me that someone didn't at least give you the chance yeah. to, to speak the Bible to them and our worship team a chance to lead them in worship of God because they so did. Yeah, it was amazing. 10 seconds of Van Halen and, and 20 minutes of amazing worship that day. Was, they, I feel bad they missed it. However, for someone who claims to be a Christian to, to just listen and not live it, yeah, you're actually supposed to be following Jesus. Yeah. I love when people say, yes, I believe in Jesus. That's great. But following Jesus is really where it's at. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what I'm talking about because here's what I think we've screwed up in our culture with, with this separation now between Sunday mornings and the rest of the week. And people think I got to be one way at church and, and with my church friends and a different way at work or whatever. That's wrong. You, you can, you can be, should be, God tells you to be the same person everywhere. And what, what cemented it for me was your sermon actually. Because um, you, you shared Colossians. I brought my Bible. If I'm going to lead, man, I'm bringing a Bible because I don't really know what to talk about unless I have a Bible all the time. But in, in Colossians chapter 3, you shared verse 23. You said, work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Yes. And then you taught a whole bunch of good stuff about it. People should go and listen to the sermon. But you can work for God at whatever you're doing. 
So Sunday morning as you pray, as you worship, as you learn, that's all for God. But whatever you're doing Wednesday at your job can be for God too. We were joking about how I hate to mow the lawn before we started this. Yeah, totally. You can mow the lawn for God. You can do anything for God. And I just think that's so powerful. There shouldn't be any separation between your beliefs and your actions all day long. Yeah. And even though all of your actions aren't perfect and you sin and screw up all that junk, Still, you can be with God all day. He doesn't walk away from you when you're imperfect. Yeah. And I wish people would embrace that. God's not just for Sundays anymore. And then finally, you, you shared 1 Corinthians 10. Whatever you eat or drink, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, you must do it all for the glory of God. Yeah. So it's the same basic concept, right? Like whatever you're eating, whatever you're drinking, you can do everything for the glory of God. And that's such a powerful thing. Yeah. And so when you were bringing that out in the sermon, like, why? Why did you go for that so strongly? Because you didn't mince words. No, this is something that I really care about a lot. Because for me, I mean, we have how many hundreds of people that, that show up at church and they're part of this church. And what always goes through my mind in the middle of the week and when I see people out and about is they go to this church and then they go out and then they live their life. What they don't necessarily always realize is people know they go to this church or like they might see each other at church. And then yeah. when they're out in their normal life, like... If, it, if they don't actually live like they are following Jesus and somebody sees them do that, it's like a representation of not only this church, not only themselves, but Jesus. Yeah. That is just maddening sometimes to me because they're giving Jesus a bad name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking about this in a future sermon okay. even more. So, well, anyway. save, save it maybe as it coming up. But. Yeah, but it's so important to me because I think we, we so often take for granted just how much... Um, just how much what we do and how we act towards others matters and what it says about what we actually believe. Because if we believe it really, it'll show. Yeah. And if we don't believe it really, that'll also show. So you're like demonstrating it with your life. It, it's there for everybody to see. And that that's kind of a big deal to me. Yeah, it, it's funny because when the band was warming up and they were practicing uh, the Van Halen thing, I asked them even to record like 10 seconds of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, maybe we can share it in this podcast or in an email. That's kind of up to Tasha. Yeah, we'll try and toss that on here. Yeah, good, good. Um, Tasha's great at handling all that stuff. But as I was watching the band, even David, the drummer, who we've been friends for many years, just, just how he was playing the drums with excitement for the Van Halen song, but then also the same excitement for the worship song. I was impressed by that. You can drum for the glory of God. Whether you're drumming for a secular song and I'll say that's a clean secular song. Like yeah. you can, you can mess up, you know, we, we can all mess up, but you can drum for the glory of God. You can eat a pizza according to scripture, whatever you eat or drink for the glory of God. You can play badminton for the glory of God. You can do anything for the glory of God. It's not just when you're praying or singing on Sunday morning, your whole life can be worship. Yeah. The way you treat others, the way, you, the way you play the game, all that. It's all for the glory of God. That's our opportunity all day long. I think that's it's amazing. I think that frees a person too. Like I think it takes a person from being somebody who maybe they go to work nine to five, whatever. And sometimes their work doesn't feel like something super valuable yeah. or like, I'm just kind of getting through the day. I'm just, if you change your mindset and you realize that not only does your work that you're doing, it can actually matter. Cause if you do a good job that God's honoring, you're honoring God in that, yeah. but also the way you treat your coworkers, the way you interact with people and your boss, whomever your family, that actually does it too. And it's amazing. Right. No, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it, it, like, okay, so you're talking about work, and I was talking about Van Halen. So, that, like, the band, Van Halen, right? Yeah. I don't know any of the members of the band Van Halen. Um, I don't know where any of them stand with God. I have no clue, and none of that's even my business. But I do like their music. 
Yes, you do. I, I've liked it since I've been a kid. Yeah. I've always liked it. Now, is their music perfect? No. Do they have some songs I don't like? Yes. Um, Ice Cream Man, sorry if Ben Halen's listening. I, I've never liked it. It's been 30 years. I don't really like Ice Cream Man. Whatever. Not every song is my song, but I think it's a great band. And not all their lyrics are perfect. You know, there's, there's some songs where the lyrics maybe are a little sketchy or make me feel a little funky or whatever. Some of their songs have super appropriate lyrics. The band members of Van Halen are imperfect people, right? Yes. So am I. So am I. Pastor for all these years, so am I. Why can't we embrace that about each other and help each other be better instead of constantly tearing people down? It drives me nuts. That's a good question. So, so you said, say it again. The last thing you just said, say it one more time. Why in this world do we have to be a culture that's always tearing everyone down? Oh, and just again, Van Halen does this wrong and Van Halen does that wrong. And you think I do this. How about, what do they do? What does everyone do right? Can we just start? What do we agree about? What do we do right? Can we start with that? Well, that's, that's like the... Come on, Sam. That would teach be great, it. right? <laughs> it's actually a, a negotiation tactic. I don't know if, like, if you can start with something you agree about, that's how you move forward. But so often, hmm. right? Like, so if, if we're good. talking, right? Nice. And Thanks. You're welcome. I hope people are listening. That was golden. <laughs> it's true because if you can get a little bit of ground, then you're going to go. This is actually a tactic I use when someone disagrees with me about some, like, whatever fact, politics, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I always start with, okay, I'm going to. Have you been doing this to me for all these years? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm remembering past conversations right now. Well, I always start with what, okay. what I think we both agree on. And like, yeah, sometimes I'm good. wrong. Sometimes I start with something and I find out, oh no, they don't agree with that. And I yeah. have to dial it back. But as soon as you can find common ground, that person seems more like you than you thought they were. And when they're more like you than you thought they were, you realize, hey, I can talk to this person and they can understand me and get me in some way. And I can be honest with them. And I think you're absolutely right. Like there's things that you can find, like you agree on with people that you think are way on the opposite end of whatever aisle you're on, whatever. But um, it's powerful when you find that common ground because I think you then have a place to move from. And maybe it's farther than you think you have to go, but it's at least something. In, in, in my experience, the things we agree on are generally the biggest things. Like yeah. you may have a whole different way of living or, or worshiping or whatever, but we probably agree that there is a, a, an ultimate being, a, a superior being, God. Yeah. We probably agree on that. Maybe we see him differently or understand him differently, but we believe he's there. Uh, we, we love our children. You know, I don't know what your background, whoever's background might be, wherever country they grew up in or whatever faith they have, they love their children. The biggest things we do tend to agree on. It's the, as they get smaller and smaller, the, the larger and larger the disagreements become. And I think it's wild that we let those things exactly. be the things that blow up and make us so angry. And we start to say that if you don't agree with me on these tiny little things, I can't be around you with right. all these other so important things. Right, and that's why this is so, such a big deal to me why I started with this person leaving church because that was a little thing. Yeah, It was literally a few seconds out of an hour-long service. And I, if, if anyone's listening, they should go listen to your sermon because your whole half-hour sermon honored God and his teaching and his truth so well. The whole worship set was so beautifully worshipful of God. There's, there's hundreds of people standing up with their hands raised to God, singing to him. Yeah, That's beautiful. It you was. don't think God in heaven was appreciating that? And yet someone, a person can be like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. When God is saying it's good. If you're not in line with God, you're messed up, right? For sure. So for, for your sure. first thought is, what does God think of this? Not what do I think of it. Well, like, what, what does God think of it in anything in life? What is what is God? What matters most to God? 
Like that'd be the question, right? And if mm. it's people actually mercy, <laughs> grace, gentleness, humility, yeah, yeah let's let, that's two sermons ago now. Yeah, yeah. God tells us what matters: forgiveness, love. God tells us exactly in the Bible what matters most to Him. You don't have to think about it a whole lot. You don't have to study a whole lot. You don't have to be any kind of scholar. You don't have to have that much experience. You can come to church one time, read the Bible for ten seconds, and God tells you exactly what's important to Him. Yeah, His Son following his son you can't miss that so i think we overanalyze sometimes right we definitely do and it's so interesting that the taste thing which is i think what this guy maybe potentially could have been frustrated about a taste of what is appropriate or what's not appropriate in a style of whatever and that could be anything could have been a word i maybe accidentally said in a sermon that could be a thing that offends people fine i'll offend some people right now if i were to walk into a church and they're playing some super lame music that I can't understand. Words don't make sense. And the crowd sounds like, I don't like it. I just don't like it. Would I walk out? No. Would I try to understand? I mean, I have my taste, but would I try to understand it and appreciate the way they worship and figure out where I'm lacking in that? Yes. I'm the one that's got to grow up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I have taste just like anybody else, but there are people that are worshiping the Lord. If you walk out in the middle of that, you're a dope, even if you don't like the song itself. You're missing out on worshiping God with people. Yeah. Even if, again, like it's a type of a song I don't like or a church style I don't like. Everyone has taste and that's fine. But do your actions match what's actually in your heart? Walking out on worship, I think is a mistake. Yeah. God is there. The presence of the Holy Spirit. If you're truly worshiping, the Holy Spirit is there, says Scripture. So there's the Holy Spirit in the room. Jesus is in the room. The Bible tells us that. Oh, well, excuse me, Holy Spirit and Jesus. Let me climb past you and get out of here because this is not my taste. Yikes. Yeah, no kidding. I think it's it's funny because um, when, I, when I listen to some music that we do at our church, like really pretty contemporary, really modern, very um, uh, often loud with big, like whatever, the, the guitars, drums, the whole bit. But when you sit and listen to the lyrics and, and read them and, and think about it's all them, about the lyrics. it's incredible. I was actually in a church not that long ago, and I, it was an older church. Um, it had the hymnals in front, and I was paging through. And, and the reality is, for however many hundreds of years, um, we've been making music about this. And the, when you spend time with people, whether it was 100 years ago or today, that are writing worship songs to God, the words and the inspiration that comes out of these, these, these uh, songs are incredible yeah. i was reading some of these old hymns like wow this is awesome this is amazing and it's so cool because i also think that same thing on a sunday morning exactly. when i'm listening and it's two completely different styles of music but it's beautiful the beat the volume level yeah. the instruments used mm-hmm. all that stuff is is totally fine maybe even a tambourine uh, <laughs> okay so there used to be one rule here at church for many years no tambourines yeah, right? I, know. I don't even get to make one rule anymore no, no, there's tambourines all the time i really don't like the tambourine but man i can still worship you sure can right i sure can because the the lyrics yeah it's the lyrics so no matter what style of church you're in or whatever um the lyrics of the songs are what I'm, what's important not what instruments and not what style of music and the words said by the pastor as long as they match what's in the bible are what's important, right? In any style of church. Yes. You don't go to a church to hear some dude's opinion or woman's opinion about something. Yeah. You don't need church for that. You need church to look at God's word and then try to understand that better together and grace each other through our differences. That's a big part of it. Let me ask you this. I wrote down one question I wanted to ask you. Um, in my childhood, I acted different if I was with my parents or if I wasn't. I acted different if I was in my classroom and the teacher was watching or if I was on the playground. 
Can you see, I really respect you. Could you say this? Did you do that too? Yeah, totally. Of course. That's a little disappointing because I have really, <laughs> I have you kind of on a pedestal. I, I, really, I, really I, mean, res, I really respect the honorable man that you are. Well, thanks. I think I'm a little more screwed up than you. but, but I'm, I'm as human as anybody. Okay, well, good. It's good to know. I, I don't feel so bad about myself. But my question for you is, do you think people do that at church? Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a Sunday or a church group kind of persona. And then there's a different persona everywhere else. Well, I'll say this. I know people do it because it's just reality um, where I think in church is in an environment that's super positive and you're talking about things of how to live a life that's honoring to God. And so when you're there, it's top of mind. How I should act okay. is, is right there in front of me. So I'm going to try and do that. Nice. Uh, I know that people make mistakes though. And so I think when they leave this place, they will do some stuff that they wish they had. And that I do that too. It's real. Yeah. Um, however, I will say that I think the culture we have here as a church and the culture we try to encourage is this is a place where you can be yourself. Yeah. And I hope so. I, I think I, I know so like I've seen it. Um, in really neat ways, like people that maybe will we'll drop a word. They would say somewhere else. And and then they maybe know that they, it's not a word that they should say, but they feel so like they can be themselves here and be so honest here that yeah. it slips out without them thinking. They might even apologize, but not feel bad about it. Because yeah. I, I, they know that this is a place that takes people as they are and, and we're all going to grow together. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I really think the goal for myself or anyone here at church, I, I think I'm the same person on stage as I am everywhere else. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Not everyone always agrees with that, but I, I really think I am. I know you are. Um, I would love that for everyone at church, that you just come in as whoever you are, you're accepted as whoever you are, and your goal here at church on Sunday and your goal during the week is to become more like Jesus, but you never put on a false front. Yeah. You know, you, you can be flawed here on Sunday and have the same flaws on Wednesday. That, that's fine. And we're all trying to improve and we're all trying to mature. That's, that's the Christian life, right? Like you're, as you mature, hopefully your thoughts and your actions more and more mirror those of Jesus. Exactly. Right? But, but you can, I want everyone to feel like they could be the same on Sunday as they are on Wednesday. And the goal should be to change the life during the week, not to put on the, the, the perfect face for Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, who cares? Right? There's a bunch of other people at church that we're all just basically equally screwed up. And, and you're not tricking God. Nope. Right? God knows who you are all week long. So why not just embrace who you are and then just earnestly and honestly attempt to become more like Jesus? And hopefully Sunday's an inspiration for that. Yeah. But the week is where it really happens. Exactly. I think I'd be more excited about somebody who is putting more effort into living that way on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then on Sunday they come like, oh, I'm exhausted. And like, I'm not able to like perfectly be who I want to be, but I'm just here and I'm broken and I'm yeah. tired. Like I, w I would be more happy about somebody who's making more mistakes and more honest about their struggles on Sunday. But then during the week are just doing everything they yeah. can to live out their faith. I used to talk about that years ago, probably even you know before you were here 11 years ago. I used to talk about this place being like a spiritual hospital. Yeah. And all week long, life is difficult, right? And you're trying to follow Jesus and trying to do the right things, but everything's challenging you not to. And, you know, there's just, there's just struggles. But then Sunday is supposed to be this pick-me-up. Yeah. You know, this encouraging time where you look at God's Word and find encouragement in that to go live like Jesus. And then you're able to worship with other people and you, you, you're just revved up after that. You feel good about worshiping God and he, he strengthens you through the worship because you're glorifying him. That's what I want Sunday to be. Yeah. Like a pick me up for the rest of the week. That's what I think it's supposed to be. Not the opposite, right? Not like you try your best all week and on Sunday you come in and you get drilled down about how crummy you are and all your mistakes. 
Yeah. We already know. I, I know what mistakes I make all week. I don't need someone to get on stage and tell me. I need someone to get on stage and encourage me. I need, I need music that encourages me to be more like Jesus. Not anything that reminds me that I'm a ding-dong. I, I know that. I know when I make mistakes. Yeah, well, to, to use your words, ding-dong, right? Like, I, I want to be the pastor. And you've taught me this, to, to be able to go up and say, like, hey, I'm, I can be a ding-dong too. <laughs> like, I've done it plenty of times. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can identify. And, and I never want this to be a place that puts a person on stage on a pedestal. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're, they're no, we're no better than anybody else. Um, we just happen to feel like God called us to do our best to serve this community. And I think that that's an awesome thing. You've modeled that so incredibly well. I don't think you've ever, in my experience, tried to put yourself above other people. And I've really appreciated that and learned from that a lot. And it's actually pretty easy. There's a lot of amazing people around there. there. Are, I there look are. at them I'm like, wow, they are so kind or so good or so forgiving. Yeah. I, they're, they're two steps ahead of me. It's amazing. Which is just crazy. And then you can use us even, even though we are flawed. I think that's beautiful. Well, I'm going to try to steal a page out of, out of your past year's worth of unscripted. Yeah. At the end, you'd always ask me, uh, do you have one more thing you'd like to share? Or <laughs> what would you like to add here? How would you like to wrap it up, Sam? Oh, that's a you, I don't know. I, I think we're done with this episode, but how, how would you like to wrap it up today? Huh. As far as I'm wrapping it up, um, thanks for, for giving me the chance to say the one more thing. This is great. I've really appreciated yours. Like, this has been a really great conversation. Oh, wait, because I got some good ones. I can't down. wait. I'm yeah, really I'm, looking I'm forward to yeah. it. Uh, my one more thing. Um, I think the, the one more thing that I have is, is the reality that this actually does make a difference. Um, we go through life every day, every week, and all of us know we struggle and we have hard stuff that just keeps hitting us week in and week out. Um, it's just normal life. You have good times, you have hard times. But whether you're always living it or always not or showing up on Sunday with a nice face or not, doesn't matter. When you show up on a Sunday and when you spend time hearing the message of Jesus, it actually makes a difference. It actually transforms people. Nice. It actually sends people into their week to be able to not just um, worry about the little things, but worry about the most important things and have that change your life. All right. And I think well that's said. really good. Well said. Thank Thanks. you. Now, usually there's like a wrap-up little comment that you make. I could, I could wing it right now. I don't think I can do it as well as you. So would you like to wrap it up? Sure. Or I'll say this. Thank, welcome to season two. I'm really jacked. There's two other kinds of podcasts or two other kinds of episodes that we're going to do. We're like four-ish with you and then three other ones with some other people and then one more with another special guest. And I'll announce that a little later. But man, it's going to be a good season. So tune in. That'll be awesome. And with that, um, yeah, tune in next week. We'll see you then. All right.